Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. We use it and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. You nailed that line, Crafty. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. AJ, what else? With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. That's true. And ever since we discovered Spotify for Podcasters, we've been connecting with fans more with polls and instant feedback. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Oh, we're live. Foul territory coming at you. AJ Przinsky, Scotty Brown, Eric Kraft, and look who's back. Back What's from up, boys? How you doing, man? How was vacation? Uh, it was great, man. We had a good time. Bahamas was kicking, man. The kids had a blast. You can't tell, but I'm peeling right now in my arm. So I had a lot of, uh, I sent you guys a couple videos I heard you saw. So I was having a good time, man. Who drinks Miami Vices? Like, you're drinking Miami Vices? No. It wasn't. Strawberry daiquiri. Get it right, bud. Oh, well, there was some white in there because Miami yeah. Vice is pina colada and strawberry daiquiri. So you get it right, bud. Coming from uh, <laughs> you know, the guy who doesn't drink as much as you. And hopefully, like I said, you had a floater on there. Like, a, you know, you only put a 151 floater in there. Yeah, well, I was a couple in. So I was leaning on the chair there. The sun was going down. Kids were throwing the football. So I was that was my my rest time there. So um, I missed you guys. I, I know that. I was thinking about you a lot. We missed you too, Frage. Also, Kratia, as you can tell, just observing nicely throughout the morning when we're getting ready here, AJ is bringing heat this morning, like nonstop, just going after Fraser like they're stepbrothers or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly, this is what I said yesterday in our production meeting. Like, this is why you give starters a day off. So they come back with energy. This is why Todd got his, you know, he got his time on the IL stint. Like, he needed this extra energy. So, I'm excited. I kind of wish Todd had gotten a little bit more sun and not just like burnt to pale again. But hey, we're we're here. <laughs> All good. I'll, I'll take that. Hey, I was in nice weather and I come back to 35 and snowy. That's not what I was looking forward to. Hey, I just want to know you had your Rutgers jacket on. You took it off. What? I mean, the NIT loss. Listen, I'm positive vibes today, all right? I don't oh, want to hear okay. about nothing. All right. That's it. <laughs> I like that shirt, but AJ has everyone beat today. Yeah. Because I'm selling these. You send me your hoodie, I'll make them in my garage. It took me about 15 seconds. Like it took Great Britain to make their unis for the WBC. So, I mean, just wrecking hard right now, Great Britain. My tea, look, the tea even comes off. Look, put it right back on. Money, money. Game used. That's right. This is a game used sweatshirt against USA right here. They had this in the dugout. Hey, I was trying to start a GoFundMe page for Great Britain to get better uniforms, Kratzy. That's I thought you were supposed to help me with that. No, not GoFundMe. That's what I that's what I responded back. We gotta call bats to get them uniforms. Like they're running out of money. <laughs> that's the baseball assistance program, Brad. Adam Jones that's is in bats. We can get he Yeah, is, we, we can hook them up. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, they need help. I I couldn't believe like it, the surprising thing to me is, and they played a pretty good game, which we'll get into in a second. The, the amount of days that have popped up where they show up and the uniform's still there. 
like it's a nightmare. I, I can't believe it hasn't been fixed. <laughs> I thought for sure after fan. game one, they Look, were I'm a fan. Fix it. I'm a fan now. I <laughs> They're think getting a lot it. of publicity. Now you just keep it, Greenberg, because now you just go with it. You know? <laughs> I mean, Mexico's uniforms last night were fire. So, you know, you had Mexico, Great Britain. You're like, wait a minute. You got these really awesome uniforms, and you got these uniforms. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see Great Britain's City Connect jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> they might mix in, like, a flag on them somewhere. <laughs> how does that oh, happen, though? Like, honestly, how does that happen? Like, you, you got to have – a, a jersey that you know fits for one you see the guy from venezuela i mean the buttons don't even work i don't know if he's doing that on purpose i, I don't know like there's there's got to be some kind of different jersey out there the ones that the players use in mlb just they got to fix that a little bit for sure they were nike jerseys but i i think there's two different kind of nike jerseys because i remember <laughs> the ones we wore in the olympics same kind of deal they're a little frumpy like i'm not looking for an exact fit but i'm looking for something to stay tucked in. It was, it, was, it was tough for a lot of guys to keep them all tucked in. People should listen or at least tune into, you know, the Ken Rosenthal part of the show from yesterday, from Tuesday, because we, we asked the best reporter insider the whole thing in the game, and he was stumped. He had no idea. We called out one of his uh, fellow writers at The Athletic, Stephen Nesbitt, to see if he can get on the case. So, And I think he's going to because he, he retweeted us and put up the bat signal. Like, yeah, I'm did. on it. He I'm did. working on the investigation. So once Stephen figures it out, we'll bring him on. Today we're going to bring on Brett Phillips in about eight minutes. Um, he's basically a broadcaster playing Major League Baseball because he's that good of a speaker. And, and he'll probably take over the show for like 15 minutes. And then Brittany Giroli from The Athletic does a great job, covers the game on a national level and can give us some insight on like this TV situation with uh, Bally's and Diamond Sports and the bankruptcy and people just want to know if they're going to be able to watch their games normally or have to pay for some weird streaming service. Let's do WBC for five, six minutes before we bring on Brett Phillips. So Hold on, before, subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe thank subscribe you. in there. It's free. Subscribe for free. <coughs> free. Yes. Even Frazier can afford free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for it. Like, he keeps saying, I'm like, Eventually, he's just going to, like, erupt. It's like a volcano. Like, he's just waiting. Keep you're going to have all the letters ripped off your shirt by the time Todd's done. Uh, you can't rip these letters off, so. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> hey, Praise, why don't you take over to start here? Because there's a lot of directions I'd like to go. And for people that missed it, even this morning, Cuba beat Australia. Huge win for them. is a, a one-run game. They won 4-3. And Cuba started 0-2. Now they're back in the semifinals. They'll come to the United States now to play in the semis for the first time since 06. You had Venezuela moving on, and they've got the top seed from their pool. There's a massive, massive uh, Dominican Republic-Puerto Rico matchup. Winner's going to move on. And Mexico against Canada, same thing. So whether it's about something in the last 24 hours or just in general because we haven't had you on for a week, Fraze, your thoughts on WBC play right now and where things are at? Yeah, I'm loving it right now, man. I've, I've been watching a lot of it. You know, I didn't catch the beginning moments of it, but, you know, seeing now, waking up in the morning and, you know, putting the game on while I'm trying to get my kids dressed for school and seeing that Australia and Cuba's playing, I think that's pretty uh, fascinating. Uh, Venezuela, man, I, I, I didn't I think they were going to be good, but I didn't know they were going to be this dominant. They looked unbelievable. Uh, I mean, there's so many storylines. I can't wait to see. Is USA going to come out and dominate like they did against Canada uh, tonight? Um you know, we'll see. And just the, the overall performance of Japan, just business as usual uh, with the power they're pitching, the power of their hitters. Uh, that team looks like the team that's going to, you know, move on and keep on going to the finals. So it's, uh, 
a lot of stuff to unfold, but um, tonight that Puerto Rico game, uh, ooh, baby, it's gonna it's gonna be a battle. So DR Puerto Rico, I can't wait to watch them all. I'll do some updated futures too. So Japan has kind of bumped themselves up. They're now plus two hundred to win the whole thing. So they're two to one odds. That's pretty good. USA plus three fifty because USA is moving on. Um, DR plus three fifty. Venezuela plus four twenty five. And then it's a big drop off to to Mexico. Mexico, Canada, although I will say no, I'm doubting Freddie Freeman's going to play. So, And they've got Jose Urquidy. I'm feeling pretty good for, for Mexico's chances tonight. Yeah, I like Mexico. Just wear those uniforms they wore. Actually, all of you, Mexico, we'll get into that later, but Mexico's uniforms have all been great. But uh, Freddie Freeman going down is a huge deal. Hopefully it's not long, but this is what all the teams fear about in this WBC is that their stars will go down. But, Frazier, when you said the DR and the uh, Puerto Rico game tonight – Forget the game. In the stands is where it's at. They should just have, like, Fox should just split it and have a game cam and then just have a guy walking around with a camera in the stands and just showing people dancing and the, the playing the music and, and all the things, their flags. I mean, that's the show for me is the not only the game, but the people in the stands. And that atmosphere in Lone Depot tonight is going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. You're going to come down? You're going to go watch the game? Are you far away or what? Uh, about three hours. The problem is my son has a game at six, so I don't ah. think I'm going to make it. But I'm trying to get down to the game on uh, Saturday, which is a semifinal game, I think. Nice. nice. But, uh, you know, I need tickets if anyone has a hookup. <laughs> Scotty Braun, he just moved to Florida now, so he's probably got some hookups. All yeah, that. I got a little Miami hookup maybe. It's the first time I'm hearing of it from AJ. Better than him telling me on, you know, Saturday at 4 p.m., oh, hey, can you get me tickets to the game? I mean, it's a hot ticket. To go, to go to those games this weekend in Miami. They're all going to be sold out. Well, the question is, well, I don't. you don't even know who's playing yet. because well, It doesn't matter. They're going to sell out. We know out. Cuba's going to be there. So if Cuba plays the first semifinal game, and that's, I think, Saturday night or whenever it is. I don't know, whatever. I think it's semifinals. Or maybe not. I don't know. I'll tell you in the next minute. But whatever game it is, if it's quarterfinals, that'll be USA and Venezuela, Dominican, or Puerto Rico. So that'll be a game, crazy game. Or it'll be Venezuela, Puerto Rico, Dominican against Mexico or Canada, I mean, that's going to be also crazy. So Cuba and Miami, I mean, you guys have been to Miami. It's Little Havana is right there where Lone Depot is. I mean, Cuba and Miami is going to be insane when they get there and play in the semifinals. Yep. And, I mean, between Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico, either fan base, they're going to pack the park. Venezuela. Venezuela. Venezuela's already moved on, so, you know, they're packing yeah. the park. Yeah, Miami's the spot. That's why they put the U.S. is going to be the there. road team. They're the road team the whole way through here. The only time that felt a little more home-ish for them was that last WBC when Jonesy was talking about it the other day and saying, you know, they were in San Diego. He's from there. If Mexico had been up to that point in the game, then it would have been different. But USA felt like they had fans on their side out at Dodger Stadium. That's not the case in Miami. That will not be the case at all. They will be far outweighed, you know. It'll be like a Marlins game where, you know, there's actually how many Marlins fans in in the seats. Like a Marlins-Mets game, actually, is the perfect example phrase. You've, You've lived that life before. You go down to Miami... You're on the Mets, and you're like, all right, boys, come on, let's get a good road win here. And then you're like, wait, this place is like half to three-quarters full. It's almost all Mets fans. Yeah, I I mean, that New York contingency carries for sure. But um, I just want to change gears. I'm honestly going to go out on a limb and say USA wins by six or seven tonight. I I really think that they're going to come out and dominate again and uh, show the world again, like, listen, we're here to play. And it's time. We're not going to leave any stone uh, unturned, and we're, we're just going to get after it. I, I think Trout and the boys 
are fired up and Merrill is going to come out and, uh, and do his thing, man. He's in Arizona, so he's been there before. I'm, I'm very excited to see that game. I mean, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be energy packed, but not like when in Venezuela, Puerto Rico, Dominican play. But I, I think people are starting to catch on that it's USA's time here. Let, let's move on with an e- not an easy victory, but a dominating victory. And I think that's that's going to plug through um, whoever they play after this. Well, and also their their game doesn't technically really matter. No, I mean USA against Colombia tonight doesn't matter. It's only for us to bet on, which the lines aren't even out. <coughs> yes, but isn't exactly. it more about like seeding now? Like, don't you want to win the pool so you play – so, like, if they win the pool, then they would play the second-place team? I guess it doesn't – I mean, right? Isn't that how it works? So, like, if they win the pool, then they would play Dominican, Puerto Rico winner because Venezuelan won the pool, right? Yes. So, they would play the second-place team. So, isn't it kind of about who you want to play? Yeah. Yeah. So, would you rather play Venezuela if you're the U.S. or would you rather play Dominican or Puerto Rico? They, I mean, they, they I mean, poison. I don't, I don't think any of them sound great to me. I no. mean – and a winner-take-all game in Miami? No, thanks. They have oh. to win. This is a big like, – like, Eric, you know this. You got to win the game. I don't care what seed you are. You're going to play the best of the best after you win. So, does it matter who you play next? You know, it does. But at the same time, Eric, you got to win to get in. You know, you don't want to come down to run scored or earned runs, giving up all that crap. So, Well, I, I mean, they're – U.S. is in. Mathematically, they're in. It's just – you – I – I don't think you want to play Venezuela right now. I, I, and I could be wrong. You know, they could choke in the big spot. But, like, the last their last game here, they, they, rested, <coughs> they rested some of their guys against Nicaragua. And so they're coming in guns blazing. Like, they're, they're ready to go. And I get it. I mean, you don't want to face Puerto Rico or Dominican. I'm assuming Dominican, you're going to see Alcantara. You're going to see... Stroman with Puerto Rico. I mean, obviously, I'd love to see Stroman over Alcantara, but man, either way, you're you're coming into a buzzsaw. You so you better you better lay the wood to to Colombia today so that you can you know you can get your ducks in a row and be ready to go and not have guys that are getting calls from their teams. Ah, uh, no, he's got to sit. He threw too much. Also with USA. Even if they win, that would put them at three and one, but their one loss is to Mexico, right? Mexico wins today and beats Canada. They're three and one. They get the higher seed than the U.S. So then that would mean the U.S. would play Venezuela. Venezuela. Yes. So the U.S. But my point is, I mean, I don't I mean, think what, it really matters. What, what, it but doesn't matter. Like Venezuela, who pitch, who started the first game for Venezuela? That's who they'll pitch. Who's their Who's their guy? I mean, Johan Santana's not around anymore. <laughs> uh, Jesus Lazardo's pitching today. Well, who pitched against Dominican? Who started against Dominican? Yeah. Dominican was... Anibal Sanchez. <laughs> Maybe. <Yeah. laughs> that guy used to get me out all the time, bro, throwing 92 with eight other different pitches. I couldn't stand him. When he first came up, he was 97. Yeah, he threw that changeup that you couldn't hit. It was like 40 degrees. It was like 40 miles an hour. Yeah. And it just like never got there. Well, and and when they won that first game, Venezuela, that was against Alcantara, right? They yeah. won 5-1. But who pitched for them? Who I'm, started I'm for five them? seconds away from getting that for you. You're a pitcher. Because <sighs> I know, uh, what are you counting me down? No, no, no. Martin Perez. Oh, well, then that's who they would get. Would Three and assume. a third, one run, four Ks. He's pretty good. So do you want to face... Alcantara, 
Strowman or Martin Perez? Martin Perez. Martin yeah. Perez. No offense Martin to Martin Perez or Strowman. I mean, Martin Perez came off a great year last year, but there's he's not – neither of those guys are Alcantara. And Alcantara will be up to, what, 80 pitches? Oh, that can, and he's getting seven all. innings out of that. Yep. Oof. Alcantara in the last one went 64. Right, yeah, right, this, right this along that line. Yeah, it, it bumps up. So Oof. that's why I don't want to play DR at that point. Oh, and DR. I would much rather, not much rather, I would rather play Venezuela at that point. Yeah. As it is I, also. I don't know, man. DR's roster, I mean, I've, I, hey, I've been on Venezuela. You know that since we started here. But on paper, DR's roster is better. True. Yeah, but, yeah, but who, I mean, we should be talking about the Mexico-Canada game. Like that's what, that's what matters. Like, do you think Canada can beat Urquidy, even though Urquidy's going to no. be out by the fourth inning? No, and I'm taking the under. Last night we we went one up, one down, right? Because yeah. AJ screwed me because he's like, "Oh, that's an easy over," and I'm like, "Just remember the run rule: ten runs Gosh, ends the damn game. So if you think Dr is going to win fifteen nothing, it won't happen past the seventh. So they win ten nothing. We did cover the spread. We did okay there, but for tonight. No, I think Arkady's going to shove. And no Freddy. Um, and that, that game's total is Canada? 10 and a half. And who's pitching for Canada? Uh, the guy by. from the Pirates, the big dude. Oh, like, Rob Lestrizny, right? Lestriz- yeah, Lestrizny. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's so, not bad. I mean, he's a big leaguer. He's a triple-A no, big no. league guy. I, I think the total's way too high there. It's, it's 10 and a half. I think, you do? Yeah, I think In that Arizona? could, I think that could be a, a 4-2 game. Yeah. Mm, okay. Right. Mexico's offense six, is good, three. not great. You got 6'3". Six, six, three. Three well, it's still under 10 and a half, so yep. that might like be our lock later. I think it's going to be 10, you know, 7'3", 6'4". So still under. And no Freddy. No Freddy, right? No. I mean, he has hamstring tightness running the first yesterday. There's, in my opinion, probably no chance he's playing the rest of the tournament, even yeah. if they move on. I mean, they said right after the game, we got to check with the doctors, and we had to check with, here's the key, the Dodgers. What do you think, Fraze, the Dodgers are going to say about Freddie and his hamstring, even if he just felt the slightest of tweaks? Yeah, See ya. Come on back to AZ. I've had that before. So, and the slightest of tweaks take weeks to finally get better. So they're going to say, sorry, you know, you had your little run. Let's get you back here and, um, you know, take the two, three weeks, whatever it is. He's going to be behind the eight ball most likely because – Little things like that lead to bigger things, and then next thing you know, it's it's a chronic thing through the whole season. Nip it in the bud, miss you know a couple of weeks, maybe a month. You know, I'm just speculating, but miss a month into the season to get 100% ready because they need him for the long haul, especially how the Padres are looking this year. So um, yeah, get him back home, check it out, get a couple X-rays, MRIs, do the whole nine, and uh, it was a good run. Now it's 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 time for him to get back. Fast Freddie ain't going to take time off, though. No. In spring training? No, in spring training. But when the season starts, you, that dude wants to play 162, like, I mean, every we year. We all do, though. But same time. Eh, not everybody. There's some guys. You play with some guys that weren't too upset when they got off base. Nah, I mean, it was me. <laughs> at, the, at the end of my career, it was me, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> also, who's starting? Isn't that the question sometimes, too? Who, who, you know, I remember like back in Chris Sale's prime, they were like, oh, Sale today? Yeah, I'm good. I'll, I'll take a break today if you no, need dude. me to. No, no. The good ones, man, they want it out there every day. The good ones, man, they want, they want to play. They don't care who's pitching. Right, and yep. that's where Freddie comes from, but the Dodgers got to make sure he's right. Cause... Yeah, but he ain't missing a month, I promise you that. 
No, we'll see. he's not. We'll he didn't see. do that hammy so bad. He he's not. He's not going out there like oh, I'm gutting through it. He knows what he's. He knows what he's sitting out on. Canada's never. Canada's never advanced. They've never advanced past the first round. So to think that they would beat Mexico with him or without him. But let me ask you this: Why? Why even? You're telling me that it, it, he's kind of pulling out, saying, "You know what? I have a little hamstring. I'm not going to do anything." Or like he's just doing that, not on purpose, but just understanding he's not going to win, so I'm just going to sit out. Is that what you're saying? No, hell no. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no, no. That's you not what I'm saying at all. No, 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 no. All right. No, I'm saying he knows himself. If he was 23 years old, then I'd be afraid of like two weeks to a month. This guy knows, you know, he felt a little something. He's like. Okay, whoa, whoa, like hit the brakes here. I know what I need. He's and and to what AJ was saying about like playing 162, like this dude was having like heart murmurs or palpitations during right after COVID. And he still can't like they were talking about, oh, you know, we don't know what he's gonna get for the season. This dude was he was out there game one. I think he hit two homers too. So it was like, you know, that he he wants to get out there, he knows what he needs to do, but He's got, you know, I don't, I would assume it's not, it's not super bad, but Canada needs him. There's no doubt about it. I think the real bet today is if this show goes past like 90 minutes, is Frazier going to be alive? (laughs) Frazier, okay, You need a ventilator over there, I'm I'm just, my kids are getting me sick, man. It it doesn't stop. Every other week, it's always something. They come home from school and now I got a cough. So I'm I'm trying not to uh, blow up everybody's ears here. So just bear with me. But I'm I'm chilling, <laughs> man. I'm chilling. U- USA by six or seven tonight, and um, we'll go from there. USA plays late game though, right? Again. Yeah, they play the AJ sleeping game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they play the 10 p.m. game, man. Come on. Come we on, couldn't. Man. Well, I, I do like the fact though that Canada Mexico, the game that counts, I can watch. Right. That's the better game tonight. Yeah, for, I agree. For com- competition purposes, 100. Yeah. percent And then the DR. In the Puerto Rico, seven o'clock, baby. That's like right in my time slot. That's what I'm saying. Who you who so, you got? AJ DR Puerto Rico. Who you got? Dude, with? listen. There's an old saying for Asian, and you know, I don't know if you ever heard this. Big games like opening day, big game, like especially opening day. We used to always throw Mark Burley, and everyone's like, "Well, you got you know these other guys that throw really hard, Contreras. Why are you throwing Mark Burley, dude? Because he threw it slow, right, and slower and slower. And guys on opening day are like, I want to get, oh, I want to get going. Oh, so oh, Burley out there going, eh, 82. Yeah, roll over to short, right? You give it seven innings and 65 pitches or whatever. Johnny Cueto tonight, I don't care who PR or who Puerto Rico pitches, Johnny Cueto's going to go, eh, curveball, eh, cutter, mix up his motion, oh, change up. And those Puerto Rico guys are going to say, man, I got to get him, I got to get him. And he's just going to keep them all balanced. So I like DR because of Johnny Cueto. Javi Baez is already swinging. He knows oh, yeah. Cueto's pitching. Baez has already taken one swing. <laughs> he's down one strike. When Cueto before the game goes like this with the rosin bag, Javi yep. Baez is on strike two. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's ready to go. I don't crazy know. who you got? I got Puerto Rico, man. Call me crazy. I just like the, the fire they came out with last game. Um, I don't know. I'm riding that Javi Baez train, man. Uh, Francisco Lindor. I'm, I'm going to say a little upset here. It's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, too, as well. I think the, the pressure is going to get a little crazy in there, the noise. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going with Puerto Rico with the upset. Nah, I'm with I'm with AJ. I got I got yeah. DR for life. That's my second home, Dominican Republic. I play there for eight months. I mean, eight weeks. That's nah. that's where I live. I don't have a DR shirt, but I'd be wearing it today. Yeah, see, my heart's in Great Britain. 
crap. <laughs> hey, they gave them a good run last they night. Did. They did. Listen, they've done better than I think people yes. thought. Yes. I mean, they they were with the U.S. till the end. They've got and a the Ford guy, the catcher, man. That dude's going to be good. He's prospect. Seattle's got a, a real prospect. I know we call everyone prospects and these teams because they're in an organization, but he's a real prospect. At a prime position, too. Like, the kid, he reminds me kind of like a, like a Will Smith almost. Like, that type of cat, just the way he moves around behind a dish. Is he only 19 or did he just turn 20? I think he just turned 20. You know about that, AJ. I mean, I, I wouldn't know what it's like to be 20 and, like, kind of on the cusp of the big leagues. At the catching position, I think that is elite. I understand there's some outfielders probably at 19, 20 that can go get it can swing it, all that stuff. But the catching position, if you're if you're double A, triple A and you're 19, 20 years old, that is that's impressive. 19. 19. He's gonna make it. Unless listen, unless something crazy happens. Meaning an injury, which we obviously never hope on anybody, but for sure. Uh he's gonna have a shot at least. He's gonna get an opportunity to play in the big leagues at some point. As long as he keeps I mean he's hitting homers off, you know, Big league guys, I mean, 19 years old, that's it's impressive. Can he handle the position? I mean, he's young. He looks like it. I mean, he's the games I've athlete. watched. Yeah. I mean, where's that purple cape? Well, when he hits a homer, put the <laughs> crown on Also, that pitching staff, not great. Not saying that he's making all of the difference, but, I mean, they held Mexico pretty in check on offense, much better than the U.S. did with their studs the other day. Yeah. This is a low-scoring game. Yeah. Same same offense Mexico from Mexico. Mexico was still partying, though, from – what did uh, Rowdy say? Rowdy Two did a good game last night. Rowdy, Rowdy did have Rowdy a good game. A, you know, uh, what, tequila and fiesta, what was he? What yeah, he those were the two mm-hmm. words he knew. <laughs> yeah, that got some good play on TikTok. <laughs> As expected. Frazier's like, what are they talking about? He has no idea. Look at him. I watched. Frazier, hey, did you hear about that? No, he watched. I watched, man. Come on, give me a break, AJ. Just because my Rutgers team lost, give me a little break. Frazier, <laughs> <laughs> that might have been my favorite interview in terms of the content and the language. Rowdy Telez was on fire I the other loved day. It. I would have loved to have been there with you guys. I, I was I was laughing. I was I was I was cackling at home. It was good. We yeah. just gotta get him to work on the sun behind him because he yeah. just looked like a giant man, like with the sun was right behind him. He was just dark. You just see his silhouettes. He just looked like a big guy. And then Kratz, of course, made fun of his Carhartt beanie in Arizona. <laughs> it just looked like a, a giant guy with a beanie on. You couldn't really see his face. I think it's because he was going out and Kratz, he, he said, I think his family's there. Girlfriend's probably there. And, you know, you're in the hotel and he's about to go on a show. So he's probably got to dip to the back of the hotel and grab a table and do the freaking interview. Yeah, but you know, I'm just the Carhartt, just in general. Like, you can't be, you can't be rocking the Carhartt in in AZ. You're not. That that's for Cali dudes, not for East Texas guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's playing with Yelich out in Milwaukee. Who else has you got out there? If you're wearing a Carhartt in, if you're if you're wearing a Carhartt in Milwaukee, that's fine. In April, like you're walking into the dome, there's probably snow on your car during the game, but you still get the game in. No, you gotta. You can't be wearing <coughs> I get. I, I. I don't. I'm not on that look. All right, I got two more things before we get to Brett Phillips. One is one other bit of injury news um, for Jose Quintana. Looks like he's going to be out for about half the season. Uh, a stress fracture in his rib. 
And they actually found a lesion, which is scary too, um, but it's benign. So that's good news for him. But overall, injury-wise, he's out for half the year. And he had a great year last year. Actually, was performance-wise one of my favorite signings of the offseason based on what some others got. Like, we talk a lot about the Mets losing to Grom and replacing him with Verlander, right? Okay, good. They also lost Taiwan Walker to the Phillies, and he got absolutely paid. And Jose Quintana results-wise, was they're not the same pitcher and not the same metrics and all of that, but results-wise, in terms of just run prevention, when you're looking at a pitcher, Quintana, I think, was better than Taiwan Walker in that category last year. Well, the Mets are going to met, Frazier. I know you're a New York guy, Mets, but they're going to met. Wow. I mean, it's, like, unbelievable. No, Where you think it? about it. They I go out and right sign here. Quintana. You know, they go out and – yeah, see, they go out and sign – I love that hat, by the way, but – Thank you. They go out and, 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 and sign Quintana, he gets hurt, right? It's, like, every year, like – Somebody gets hurt that they just can't afford to lose. DeGrom for the past few years has been like, oh, this guy's the greatest pitcher of all time. And he goes out and gives you 10 starts. And you're like, oh, come on. Right? You know, and then it's like, gosh, why does this always happen to the Mets? It feels like they're cursed. I, I don't know. But, man, I love Jose Quintana. One of, a teammate I was there when he made his debut. Great guy. You know, really good pitcher. But, yeah, good signing. But, man, it just seems like the Mets are going to met. Yeah, like when, the Jets, right? The Jets are going to jet. They're going to get Aaron Rodgers, and something crazy is going to happen. Yeah, he. When I got traded in '16 to the White Sox, uh, Chris Sale was the top dog, but Jose was right behind him. Honestly, he was he was filthy, and we just couldn't put up any runs for him. He'd give up one or two or three runs a game. I mean, he was a top ten pitcher in my opinion in '16. We just never gave him the support. So he's a stud. He'd go out there. Didn't say anything about it he'd just sit in his dugout you know you could see sometimes he would you know in his eyes and his demeanor he wouldn't he would get upset a little bit but it would it'd just move on hey man we owe you one ah, next time you know he's just one of those ballers those gamer guys that just goes out there and performs and you know too bad this 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 is terrible you don't wish this upon anybody and uh i hope for the best man because this you know those results man that's tough man you don't know what the heck you got going on next thing you get a result and you got two other things so it's uh it's going to be a tough, uh, tough couple months for him. For sure. I, I, I'm with you, Scott. I love the signing of Quintana. Like, I think the Mets losing Bassett was is actually bigger than people, you know, maybe put a value on because Bassett was out there all the time and he was putting up some good numbers. Losing Walker, you know, Taiwan would have had a much better year had he not had a couple blow up starts, but. I was looking to Quintana also as a guy that may actually do better than he did last year because he played the first, uh, let me see here, 100 innings with the Pirates. And then he went to St. Louis and he put up almost just over a two. It was a 2.01 ERA. Like, he was a huge pickup for him. But, man, you, you, you talk about words like tumor and lesions and stuff. That's puts baseball in perspective, man. Health first. So, okay, both you guys, who would you rather have? Verlander, Quintana, Walker, Bassett. And now are you including the situation with the injury? Well, so as we know it, as it stands today, who would you rather have? Verlander and Quintana or Walker and Bassett? That's Mm -hmm. the options? Right now. I mean, right now you got to take Walker and Bassett. Really? Mm. Just because you might not have Quintana the whole year. I get it. So, so you're saying, let's say Verlander goes 32 starts. How are you going to fill in the other, like, Taiwan? I'm saying Taiwan and Bassett are going to give you, I'm going to take 
55 starts. So where are you going to get the other, where are you going to get the other starts that, you know, cause you're not getting them. If you're saying today, if you're saying yesterday before any injury news, hundred percent Quintana and Verlander. Yeah. I, I, over long haul, of course. Yeah. I, but if I'm going, if I'm going world series with these two guys, I'm yeah, I'm going Verlander Quintana for sure. Um, but injury it's, you know, if we're going over the long haul, it's a simple question. But if I'm picking two guys right now, if they're all healthy, yeah, it's most most definitely. But any, anything that starts with Verlander, I think you got to take. You could put Kratz out there on the mound, which I've seen before. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I'll take 30 starts with him, hopefully getting through five innings, one out of So then who's, who's the other starter? Who's, who's taking over for – Who are the Mets five Tyler starters? McGill. Who are the Mets five starters? Verlander, Scherzer. Yep. It was Quintana, right? He's gone. Uh, who's, who are the other ones? McG- uh, McGill, unless McGill, McGill Peterson, Miguel's right? going to fill, fill Peterson, in the lefty, David Peterson. There's one more. Cody Senga. Senga, the Japanese guy. Too. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Carlos, don't forget Carlos Carrasco. Oh, too. Carlos Carrasco. They're, okay. they're so still Kedano's guys. It's not be like their, their, their rotation no. is, is. Okay. So then would you yet. take Verlander, McGill slash Peterson? Cause I'm putting it. When you start with Verlander again, he's, he did win the Cy Young last year. Oh, or yeah. Walker, who has those blow-up starts, and they always seem to come in big moments because he had them against big moments. I I remember, I think, a Braves-Phillies where he just got – didn't make it out of the first inning, right? And then you have – Well, he has problems in the second half. That's usually been the issue with Walker. That's when you make your money in the second half because yeah. that's when you're going to the playoffs. And then you have <coughs> uh, Bassett, who is the slowest worker on earth. How's he going to adjust to the pitch clock and all that? I know he's calling his own game now, but – I mean, I'm still thinking Verlander, McGill, Peterson for me with the Mets behind him. I like that move. Are, are we forgetting about Scherzer too, or did we not bring him up? No, we talked about Scherzer. All right. I mean, I, I still, I still like the Mets. I, I like it. I, I don't love it, but you know, without Kentucky, I, I like it though. I still think, you know, if the bats come alive too, I mean, you got a couple guys playing on the USA team. You got, um, Brandon Nemo and uh, the company over there. I think they're going to have a really good shot if, if we're going towards the Mets. I, it's it's a it's a it's a blow for sure. But at the same time, Uncle Stevie over there too. I mean, come trade deadline and all that stuff, he might pick somebody up. And next thing you know, you're like, God, how did he do it again? So, health. If you're healthy, Mets. I'm going to tell you right now, no more injuries. Let's go. Stay healthy. That's it. <laughs> and it's not like every other rotation in a very good division in the NL East is loaded top to bottom. The Phillies have, we talked about this yesterday, Nolan Wheeler at the top and, and Ranger Suarez, very solid in the middle of the rotation. Taiwan Walker. Taiwan Walker. Walker. And Painter, if he, have we gotten an update no, on him, by the way? But no, he's, he's, out, he's, he's out for four weeks, four weeks, no throw. Oh, so he's no. out for, till Ju- he's out till June at least. Then. Yeah, I mean, that's an yeah. automatic, no throw for four weeks means you have four weeks of ramp up before you even get back out on the mound. Yeah. Okay, so, so you like fit? the Phillies rotation better? Than the Mets? Yeah. No, no, no. no. Okay. No. Braves? Bailey Falter, no. I guess. Bailey Falter is your fifth guy. Yeah, is your fifth Braves, guy. Braves, no. Braves, you're you're going. Freed, Strider Morton. is one, or yeah. Freed. Freed one, one, Strider two. Morton, Morton, Kyle Wright had a great year. And Soroka is the key. And Soroka, is he yeah, going to be back? I'm, He's supposed to be, but then he pulled his hamstring. Those darn yeah. hamstrings. I'm not necessarily wrong. It's solid though. It's another it's solid, solid rotation. I mean, Strider, Atlanta. can he do it again? Now the league's seen him. I mean, those two pitches, those high fastballs, breaking ball, right? Yes. 
Max Fried's proven it. He's won the World Series, pitched in huge games, so he can do it. Charlie Morton's done it. His numbers were down, though, last year for a Charlie Morton type year, right? Mm-hmm. Kyle Wright, yeah. Can he do it? You know, he won 20 games last year. Kyle Wright's got a good pitch mix. He won 20 games. Winning matters. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Winning matters. That means you're hitting, uh, too, as well. So, money. The question is, who's going to play shortstop? I know we're talking pitching, but can, can, for the Gris, Braves? can Grissom handle shortstop? We'll see. Yeah, and then I'm not going to mention the Marlins rotation just because it doesn't matter. Well, they have Pablo offense. Lopez. You could throw it up there. Yeah, I, I just think overall, though, I mean, they're still a step below the rest of those those ball clubs. What about the Nationals? Steven Strasburg. <laughs> where is he? He's. I tell you where he's got the mask on yep. like this, and every two weeks he goes, "Give me all your money, Nationals, because I ain't gonna pitch." This is sick. That's a really yeah, good call. Like, he hasn't pitched. Has he pitched since the World Series in 19? He signed the huge deal. I mean, for a minute. For a minute. I mean, well, that's Brittany Giroli. What's going on? He got the ultimate signing bonus for helping them win a World Series. 200-something million yeah, bucks. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. I don't think he wants to pitch or even try to pitch much until they're good again, too. I mean, they're, they're yeah, not good. I'm he not doesn't want to waste he wants, dude, No, no, no. He wants to pitch. I hope he wants it, right? Does guys? he? I yeah. never, I, I don't, I don't ever want to get on that train of like somebody doesn't yeah, want no, to pitch or like, may, you know, maybe, maybe I understand maybe motivation, like it's frustrating, but like, that's, that's embarrassing to not be out there and collecting money. You can't just be like, huh, he is super just relaxed. No, he like, he wants to get out there. I, I don't see you getting to that point without being like, I want to get out there. Yeah. And I'll give you a quick tidbit about him. I was his thousand strikeout so i'm you know i got a nice little record book for him so you're welcome steve did you get the lineup card (laughs) (laughs) that might have been his last one no i'm kidding but uh, i mean he's listen he went 209 innings in 2019 plus the playoffs he was that was the year they won the world series yes and then the next year is what 21 2021 so 2021 and 22 combined rough math here i think i'm like maybe an inning off i'll just round down (coughs) five 21 four 30 innings in three years, 10 innings a year. And I think he's making like 40 a year or something like that. That's it's a good job if you can get it. Listen, but don't, I, don't ever say the guy it. doesn't want to play. Like I'm, not, I, I'm, I, I'm saying like they suck right now. I don't think the urgency is AJ, necessarily there to rush yeah. him back. You said it earlier, you know. You know some guys that don't that don't want to come play in the game. So why can't Scotty say because he didn't play? I guess I don't know. No, well, that, I'm not. I'm saying I'm, I'm not saying a guys didn't want to play like for years. Although there was <laughs> one I ain't gonna mention. There are players like there that. is one I played with. I ain't gonna mention him. But there are guys that will take days off because of certain pitchers and say I don't want to play because, like you said, Chris Sale or you know, mm-hmm. let's use like. CC or Sabat uh, or Roger Clemens or somebody was throwing and they're like, well, I don't match up good. I want the day off now, but to take like years off and say a guy don't want to play it. Now that is different. I got that. I don't want to say that because unless I'm in his brain and I'm with him every day, like, you know, that, that's a tough, that's tough to call someone out for that or even suggest that. No. And it sucks too. I mean, to not be able to pitch, I'm not, I'm not knocking how much, you know, even if you're getting paid the world, it sucks to just not be able to get back on the mound. But the Nationals are terrible this year. Yeah, That's he can make no them better. Secret. Sure. He can, he can maybe get them from 110 losses to 105. One more. It goes out and wins 20 games. 102. <laughs> I mean. That's bad I'm, math. 110 to 102 if he wins yeah, 20. Yeah. I'm just 
I'm saying, you know what? Actually, this is perfect because we're going to flip-flop guests because we were having some trouble with, with Phillips um, getting him lined up. I think he, he needs to upgrade his phone or something. Kratzy, you can text him about it. I'll definitely Brittany, get on him. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Brittany Giroli is going to join us right now, senior writer for The Athletic, a uh, longtime friend of mine, used to be on the rundown with her back in the day. Um, and uh, Brittany, this is actually perfect timing to bring you on. As, as you probably heard the last few minutes here, we were talking about um, the mystery of Steven Strasburg and where the Nationals are at. So how you doing? Thanks for the time and uh, your thoughts on the team you used to cover. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on that, Scott. They're not going to be very good. And unfortunately, they might not be good for a while, which uh, really when you hear about injuries like Kay Cavalli, it's unfortunate because he was such a big part of like what they're trying to build there. Um, Steven Strasburg might go down as the worst free agent contract in baseball's history. And I know there's some competition for that, guys. But Keep in mind, he was coming off of a World Series MVP appearance. The Nationals had to decide between Strasburg or Anthony Rendon. Uh, they said that they couldn't afford to keep both. Um, as soon as they picked Strasburg, people were wondering, can he stay healthy? It seemed like almost immediately the answer was no, he cannot stay healthy. And, you know, I think, unfortunately, and I don't really like to say this, but we may have seen him throw his last professional pitch. I mean, he's just been absolutely ransacked by issues. And these aren't just like, hamstrings or obliques. These are nerve issues. These are things in his hand. Um, I just don't know if he's ever going to come back and certainly be at that same level. I don't know if he's ever going to come back and throw another pitch. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's like breaking news right there, Brittany. Like he's <laughs> never going to throw another pitch. No, that's great. At the big uh, league level. I, I just don't know if I see it. I mean, again, I covered this guy in 19 and 20 and in 20, we never saw him. It was setback after setback. Here we are 2023. And he's still having trouble getting on the mound. I mean, he's not getting any younger. I don't I don't know what it's going to take for him to get back out there. Where is he with the team now? Do you know? He's rehabbing. He had a setback. So now he's, you know, they thought he was going to be ready for spring training. But according to manager Davey Martinez, he told reporters that were down there that, uh, you know, he had a setback. He was looking good. But again, you, you never really get to see him. Everything with him is kind of cloaked in this secrecy, right? It's well, he had a setback. Well, he's not feeling well. And he's never been a big media guy. So it's really tough to decipher what's actually going on with him. Um, again, I mean, he wins the World Series. He wins the MVP of the World Series. Those are two huge career milestones. And we really just haven't seen the guy since. And we certainly haven't seen the guy that we saw in 2019. So, Brittany, speaking of the Nationals and Steven Strasburg, what is going on? Are they still selling? Are they still trying to sell the team? And what's going on with the Orioles and them having lawsuits suing each other over TV? Can you explain this to our viewers? <laughs> Guys, it will give you such a massive headache that I don't know if there's enough like Advil in the world for this. I mean, if you had a baby when this first happened, this massive dispute, that kid would be in middle school by now. That's how long we've been talking about this. <laughs> Just insane, right, to think so about that. Um, but that's still it, happening, right? It is still happening. And unfortunately, when you get involved with the Angelos family who own the Orioles, they're lawyers. So they're going to sue and countersue and sue and countersue and find loophole after loophole to keep this in the court system. And what it's really doing, as you said, is um, are the Nationals still selling? Well, yes, they'd like to. But unfortunately, if you sell a team that's got no RSN rights and is making virtually no money from the TV rights, that's millions of dollars, in some cases closer to a billion dollars. So the, the actual price of the Nationals is going to be next to nothing. I mean, Ted Leonsis, who owns most of D.C. sports, uh, wanted to buy them. He, he kind of looked at the Nationals. He's interested in the Orioles as well. But you can make the case that the Orioles are the better team to buy, guys, because they own 
more of Masson. They own pretty much all of Masson. Um, they're a team that doesn't have a lot of payroll commitments. We mentioned Steven Strasburg with the Nationals. They owe Patrick Corbin a lot of money on the books as well. They deferred so much money that they're going to be paying Max Scherzer until he's probably in a wheelchair. So you look at the way this organization is set up, and yeah, they would love to sell. The Lerner family would love to sell. There just aren't the buyers because the Nationals just don't have the, the price point that they want because they're locked in this dispute. And this dispute started, guys, when the Nationals came to D.C. The big problem here was the language. Bud Selig allowed this language to say, well, the Nationals were earned what is a fair market value instead of just putting a number on it and a percentage on it. And these two teams have been locked up in court for years trying to figure out what that fair market value actually is to have the Nationals encroach on what the Angelos family said was really Orioles territory. You know, D.C., people would drive down when there was no team there and go to games Camden Yards. Well, now they have the Nationals. And the only reason the Orioles signed off on that was because of this Masson deal. But what I'd really like to see happen is Commissioner Manfred get involved when this gets out of the court system. There's nothing they can do right now, I was told, while this is still actively being legislated, being kind of argued back and forth. I'd love to see Commissioner Manfred just dissolve the whole thing and be like, you have an RSN, you have an RSN, you're two different teams. I just don't know if we're ever going to get there. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Uh, it's Todd Frazier. How are you? I'm good, Todd. How are you? Good. Good to see you. Um, quick question. I know, I know you just had a baby. Congratulations, first and foremost. That's awesome. Um, Thank you. Thank you. He's I, in the next I, I room, so your... he's quiet. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> I was reading about um, the stolen bases that you've been talking about writing the story back. Now, my question to you is, do you feel like in these next two weeks, spring training, there's going to be a lot more stolen bases and ongoing through the year? Like this is you think records might be broken, things like that coming up for this season? Yeah, it's a great question. And I spent about 10 days in Arizona earlier this month. And it's really interesting to see now what you're seeing. And, and Giants manager Gabe Kapler called them vaults, like secondary leads. And AJ, I don't know if you have a specific opinion on this, but he said guys are now kind of doing this little bit of a first lead. And then once they kind of can gauge what's going on. Maybe the guy threw over, you know, maybe he doesn't have any disengagements left. They're taking that second vault and they're really out halfway in front of the bases. And, you know, I've talked to guys who are pretty good base dealers, you know, guys who are playing, guys who are not playing anymore. And there seems to be this consensus that you're going to see a lot of teams back pick more with the catchers. Now, if you have any kind of speed at all, once the catcher back picks and throws down to first base, that guy who's halfway down the line is pretty much gone. Um, I don't think enough people are talking about the ripple effects of this kind of a rule. Four and a half inches for a guy who's fast. I mean, that's, that's the difference in a bang-bang play. It's no longer a bang-bang play. That guy is now safe. It is a half a step. You're giving a half a step. Imagine Ricky Henderson getting a half a step. The guy would have had 300 steals in a season. I mean, when you look at what this is going to do, it's going to change the way we evaluate catchers. It's going to change the way we evaluate pitchers because being quick to the plate is now a necessity to give them any kind of time at all. Four and a half inches is a massive difference when they're adding that to the bases. It's going to be something that teams are going to steal a lot more. You're going to see guys who, remember, you know, in the expanded roster days, you would maybe see a guy on a playoff roster just to steal bases, right? You may see that now during the regular season. A guy who's on that roster just to run the bases because now that's going to become even more important, guys who can go first to third, you know, guys who can take that extra base, we're getting back to, and what MLB wanted to get back to, was like the early 2000s of stolen bases. 
This is the number one thing that fans have wanted to see is more stolen bases. And I think it's really going to have a ripple effect, especially because teams are not going to be able to shift like they used to shift. So you're really going to see a lot of guys who maybe would have been stuck in AAA now have this skill set that we're looking for. Wow, Brittany, you're talking right to me. Stuck in AAA? I love this. Oh, talking about catchers? This is tremendous. And your dog's name is Thor? Like, I'm a huge Marvel fan. Brittany, you might be my favorite new writer. Just saying. Thank you. Thank you. But the, whole, the whole stolen base thing, I, I, I want to go back to some of the Orioles stuff, but now you brought up some stolen base stuff. Are there projections out there? Like, like what are the projections for four and a half inches of, like, how many guys were out – by four and a half or less inches from last year? Or like, what does it look like? Because we're not getting, Todd said, Todd said it quickly, records, ain't nobody reaching Ricky. Like, let's, let's be, let's pump the brakes on that. But what are the projections? Yeah, I think, and I've talked to a lot of people that think we could see someone steal 75 bags this year, which look at what we've had. I mean, I think 20 was tops one of these last couple of years. It's been steadily kind of declining. There's been like a year or two where it's been high, but we're going to get back to, Guys who, you know, used to steal 20 bases now may steal 35, 40 bases. And I think it's not out of the question to see that 70 steal guy, because like I said, I think teams are going to look at the roster construction a little bit differently and say, hey, this guy can help us on the base pass. This guy can get on with an infield single, right? Because again, those bases, that half a step that these speedsters are getting, and all of a sudden he's on third base. So you're looking at that. You're also looking at how we evaluate catchers. I mean, how often would you know you and AJ like to be backpicking all the time? Uh, you know, how important is that now? It's unlimited for catchers to do that. Whereas we know with this disengagement rules, you know, MLB has set the limit on what pitchers can do. So you're going to see that kind of factor in as well. And if you're fast, if you as soon as you see the catcher go to throw to first base, you're taking off for second. So it's going to become this cat and mouse game with guys. You know, baiting that throw, taking that base. I think we're going to see a lot of, it's a really exciting play. We're going to see a lot of guys kind of go first to third that way. You know, Tatis, if he's healthy, how many times is that guy going to try to steal home now? I mean, you're opening that window that for so long it was just kind of a jar. Now it's wide open. So I think 60, 70 steals, not totally out of the question at all. I wish we had data on this guy was out by an inch. This guy was out by two inches. We don't really have that. But if you look at guys like Trey Turner and, and some of the kind of premier fast guys right now, a half a step for those guys is huge. You might as well give them another 15 stolen bases right off the bat. It's four and a half inches. Four and a, so four and a half inches is what that like that almost half a foot. So that's, but gosh, it's amazing that it's going to make that big of a difference. I, to me, I think more of what you said, Brittany, to me is the new rules, not only the fast guys, but with the no shift and more action. That's what I want to see, right? Is first to third, like base hits to right where the, where lefty pulls the ball through the three hole. The guy goes first to third. Right. Like to me, that's a bigger deal than, but if you're talking about like this much and we're going from 20 to 40 stolen bases, man, I'm going to get out there and work on my 60 time. <laughs> I mean, I still go to Rajay Davis, who, you know, was a prolific base dealer when he played. And he said, like, no question that's a half a step for the fast guys, which I didn't realize. Again, I'm not fleet of foot. 
Uh, you know, so four and a half inches to me is like, eh, you know, I don't think it makes that big of a deal if you're a catcher and you're kind of lumbering around the bases anyway. No offense, guys. I mean, I don't think you're <laughs> no, all of a sudden going to no, steal 50 perfect. bases. That's perfect. I mean, I think that's we have, I, I know it's under 90 between the three of you on here now. So we don't really have like the fleet of foot right now on this show. Uh, but if we did, I think, you know, you give those guys a half a step that are already fast, that are already good base dealers. And we know it's not just speed, right? It's reading what's going on in the game. It's a lot of cat and mouse, but also what Davis said, and I think is really interesting, is because the throwovers are limited, these guys are fresher. I mean, it crushes their legs to keep diving back to the base and take that lead, go back to the bag five, six times, right? Now they know it's only coming once, maybe twice. So they have fresher legs, so they're even more at an advantage to take that base. I think, I think, I think you might be high on your projections. <laughs> I think if you run if you run uh, an extra thirty times as a forty base stealer, your legs are going to be gassed. But I want to get back to the whole Orioles thing. Unless you guys want more on the base stealing, no, no, go Orioles, Kratzy, because I'm going to no. follow you too. Because I'm fascinated I, by this. Like I'm so fascinated by how the fact that one MLB doesn't have any regulation on this, and two, like, are we going? You said you said. My new baby's going to be in middle school, so I got I got a middle schooler. So when my son Ethan was born, like they've still been arguing about this. When's it going to end? Is he graduating high school before this ends? Maybe. Uh, unfortunately, I, MLB can't really step in because it's still, like I said, it's still in the court system. And this is kind of the Angelos' plan all along, right? Was first off, you never give a lawyer that kind of ambiguous text of fair market value. They should have assigned a number value to it. They didn't. And now this is kind of an inherited problem that Ron Manfred's going to have to deal with. So, no, I think this is something that probably isn't going to go away unless the Orioles sell the team or Masson somehow dissolves. Now, Masson is pretty much exclusively owned by the Orioles. So, no, I don't really see that happening. So it's just kind of going to be this problem that continues until the courts finally throw it out. Um, I don't know much about the court system, but it seems like if something has been kind of caught up here for over a decade. Can't we all just agree that like, this isn't getting settled by the court system at all, that they're going to keep kicking this can down the road at some point. Aren't you like maxed out on like lawsuits and court appearances? I don't know, but honestly, this has to really be done in the legal system for MLB to do anything. So they're just kind of caught here and it's impacting the nationals who, as we said, are going to be terrible this year, who would like a new owner to kind of start fresh to know what they're working with. I mean, what if a Steve Cohen type guy buys the nationals, right? That totally changes the direction of that organization. But right now, who wants to buy a team that doesn't have any TV revenue coming in? Nobody. It's just not a good buy, especially when you look at kind of all the money that's tied up. Now, the Orioles, like I said, the opposite problem. They have no money tied up. They haven't done anything. They haven't spent anything. So they're actually the better buy if you're looking to buy a baseball team. I know who should buy the Nationals, by the way. Whoever's getting all the legal fees for the last <laughs> <laughs> decade and a half, they are definitely a billionaire at this point. I mean, that shit's been going on forever. Yeah. So on the TV topic, and then we'll get back to the Orioles, Brett, of course, the big news this week that has fans really confused for the most part is what's going on with Diamond Sports connected to Bally's and how there's the bankruptcy filing. And most fans don't really care about too much of the nitty gritty. At a high level, they just want to know, can I watch my team somewhat for free through one service or am I going to be hopping around to 10 places and there's going to be absolute chaos? 
it does seem like MLB has had a backup plan in place. They put out a statement um, yesterday. But what have you been hearing about all of this and taking from people being able to watch their games in peace this season? <laughs> it's so funny. My mom lives out in San Diego, guys, and she was grilling me about this yesterday because she's like, what else do I have to buy to watch the Padres, you know? And um, I, I do think that, you know, MLB statement said yesterday, yes, they declared bankruptcy. But right now, while the bankruptcy continues, while these filings go on, they're going to continue to have these games air on all of these respective RSNs. And MLB very quietly has kind of been anticipating this. Like you said, Scott, they hired a bunch of people to be in charge of like this new media department, uh, I think about a month ago which basically was a backup for all this. They've been preparing for some time to have these games be done by the league. And whether those go on MLB Network, whether they go on, you know, buying the at-bat, I would love to see something where you can buy MLB TV and you can just choose that one team. You know, it becomes a little bit more a la carte. And if you kind of go back and listen to what Rob Manfred said earlier this year, that's something they're trying to do. They're trying to get a way where fans can do this and not have to deal with the blackouts. So, I think for at least the start of this season, nothing really changes in terms of how you watch your team if you are, in fact, a Bali team. But I think as we get to that all-star break, as this bankruptcy filing kind of finishes up, and I have no clue what kind of timeline goes on with bankruptcy, guys. Um, I have not ever filed for bankruptcy, which is nice. But I think when you look at kind of how this goes down the road, MLB is preparing for a scenario where they're going to have to take over about half of these teams' broadcasters and these broadcast rights. And, you know, according to the club contract, they have to have these games available. So if you're a fan and you're worried, you're going to be able to watch these games. It just comes down to what's it going to cost? Are you going to have to buy something new? Are you going to be reimbursed for buying these apps that had your team? Those are all questions that MLB right now is kind of grappling with. Well, this sucks as a fan. That sucks as a fan, right? Because I don't, if you don't, if you're, say you have DirecTV or cable or whatever, and you have Madison or, or you have Bally Sports Atlanta, right? And you're turning on every night to watch the Braves and then it's not there. And now I got to pay 150 bucks to get MLB TV. Now I do like the idea about where you said you just buy your team's games, but most fans also want to watch their rivals. So I, I like that idea, Brittany, but I, I mean, you know, some people also like, hey, the Bra the Mets are playing the, the Marlins Alcantara's pitch, and I want to tune in. So I like that idea, but I, I just don't know that they're, they're, that's going to work. People will buy it, but – Well, you can buy the whole package. MLB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do like that idea. That's a good idea, Brittany. You should work for the league. Uh, <laughs> you have already more I did that for 10 idea. years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now you're not there. True. Smart thinking. Um, we're, we're talking Orioles here. Like, they're in a tough division, right? Yankees, Red Sox, all these Toronto big money. The Rays figure it out every year. They were better last year. Like, what are their chances? I know they have the young players. And why in the heck did they not go out and sign anybody like a big-name free agent pitcher, let's say, or a, a hitter to stick in the middle of the lineup with Rushman and some of these other guys? Yeah, it's a great question. And one that, honestly, I'm pretty disappointed about, especially because uh, GM Mike Elias said that this was going to be the winner. They were going to spend more money. And fans took that and kind of ran with it and, you know, kind of envisioned, you know, them maybe being in play for some of these not top free agents, but maybe the B-level free agents. And they still didn't even do that. So I think, unfortunately, uh, the kind of the edict from ownership is still to keep that payroll low as they continue to graduate these guys. I mean, we're starting to see, like you said, that the Adley Rushmans and you're starting to see these young guys. But there's also the Grayson Rodriguez's and the guys who have yet to kind of really make that impact at the big league 
level. And I think that they're kind of waiting for that moment. They feel like last year was too early. It was ahead of their timeline. And, you know, in my opinion, I mean, I covered Tampa Bay in 2008 and people kept saying, oh, this is too early. They're not supposed to be good yet. Well, guess what? Guys are going to get good when they're going to get good. Tampa Bay obviously went to the World Series that year, right? So I think when you see these guys start to peak, and we saw it last year down the stretch with the Orioles, the best thing you can do is support that team. And unfortunately, it looks like they kind of saw it as a little bit of an outlier, guys playing over their skis a little bit. And they kind of went back into, well, let's just see what we have here over the next year. Let's continue to develop on our timeline. So I think, unfortunately, they're not going to be able to compete with a lot of these guys in the American League East. I mean, you look at the Yankees, you look at Toronto, they just don't have that presence. They don't have those proven big leaguers that they should have supplemented the roster with. So as much of a good job as Elias has done and Brandon Hyde really has kind of evolved as a manager there, I still feel like, and they feel like clearly, they're a year away from really being in this mode of, okay, let's buy, let's supplement now. And it doesn't help matters at all that John Angelos, who is now the primary control person of that team, has said, hey, we want to emulate Tampa Bay. And we know that Tampa Bay doesn't spend. So are they going to kind of become this Tampa Bay Cleveland model where they never go out and get those free agents and they're always just playing for the wild card and rolling the dice with their young guys? Because that's really disappointing. I mean, we live here about 20 minutes outside of Baltimore. And I got to tell you, when the Orioles are good, and Adam Jones and I were just talking about this Monday in an interview. I mean, it's special. Uh, the whole city, it just comes out. It's just the Ravens and the Orioles. It's a two-sport city. So it's unfortunate that the Orioles are still in that limbo, and I don't see that changing. I don't see them going out at the trade deadline, for example, and making a big acquisition. It's just not in the plan. I think they're going to be more exciting this year. You're going to continue to see those young guys come along, but you're certainly not going to see any real competition from them, I think, until 2024. I'm having deja vu because they said that a year ago that, oh, we're a year away, then we're going to spend. This was supposed to be the offseason where they at least started to do some things. It's been every excuse in the book. Oh, we finished second or third on certain free agents. And it's funny, I was thinking about that line too. Angelo says we're going to be the Rays. If you remember, when Michael Elias took over, he said we're going to be the Astros. The Astros are nothing like that. Like they, They're not a top five spending team but they spend on their team. So this is a completely different category now that you're rebranding yourself as, as a franchise. And for me, that's why I put them definitely in the top three of teams that, that need to be sold to another owner at this point where you have brothers suing each other. Like, it's a disaster. And if you look at this team, Brittany, they weren't far away from making the playoffs last year. And, and I'm looking at this year and I'm like, and, and you can see from Vegas too, like they don't have them being that good, fourth or fifth in the division. They're not making the playoffs. Last year at the trade deadline, the players were pissed. If you went into the clubhouse, the players were pissed. They were basically tanking last year, even though if they had added a player or two, they might have made the playoffs. They got rid of Mancini. I know he didn't play that well with Houston. They got rid of at least one reliever, right? Who'd they get rid of? They're closer. They're closer. They're so closer. it's ridiculous to me. I, they are the prime example to me, Brittany, of a team that needs complete restructuring in terms of how they operate as a franchise. Because we've seen Baltimore spend before with this ownership group. So they're just saying, screw it, we're done. So are fans in Baltimore completely outraged at this point? Because I go on Baltimore radio pretty frequently too. They've been talking for, we've been talking for like seven years about this moment and now they're not doing anything. Yeah, exactly. I think they're just disappointed. I mean, I think a lot of people are still really high on Elias because you look at what he's done to kind of develop 
this organization, you know, they're finally doing international stuff for a long time. When I covered that team, they wouldn't sign any international free agents. So they've made a lot of strides, but you're right. I mean, look at the 2014 team that ran away with the American League East. That team spent money. Uh, you know, look at the contract they gave to Chris Davis. They kept blaming that as a reason why they couldn't spend. Well, Chris Davis is done now. They bought out a good chunk of that contract. So, um, you know, you look at this organization and you look at this city and this fan base and they will come out. They will back this team. So it does, to me, boil down to ownership and boil down to, well, we want to be Tampa Bay. And I think the real epidemic in this sport is these owners saying, well, as long as we kind of try, you know, it's like the Chicago Cubs. As long as we're kind of okay um, and kind of stumble into a wild card once in a while, people will still come. It won't affect our bottom line that much. And, you know, we'll, we'll still be able to pocket millions of dollars. I think too many organizations look at it like that and not like the Padres or the Mets. And we need to win a World Series. Otherwise, this season is a failure. I think a lot of teams are okay just being that 80-85 win team especially the Orioles. I mean, they're, they're looking at it as, well, we could get lucky. You know, last year we played okay, but we're not going to do anything to help our cause, which to me makes absolutely no sense at all. I, I, that's, I know we're, we're killing the Orioles here now, but like, to me, <laughs> if you add, if you add two pieces to maybe the starting rotation or something, like how many teams right now have a shot at, and I want to hear if you think they have a shot at it, Adley Rutschman for MVP and Gunnar Henderson for Rookie of the Year. Like you have two guys that have established themselves that are now looking to be like elite players in the ga- in the game, but they don't add to that. Do you think they have a shot at winning that? And like, why would you not add to that? But I guess you already hit on that, so I can't keep killing. It. <laughs> yeah, you can. No, and. It's true. And like no one else is talking about, they moved the fences in so that they could attract free agent pitchers because for years and years when I covered them, nobody wanted to go there. I mean, Camden Yards, hitters want to go there. No one else wants to go there because it was a band box. So they adjusted the dimensions so they could attract free agent pitchers. And then they don't go out and sign anybody that makes you go, ooh, we finally got this guy. Right. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I agree with you. I mean, Henderson Rushman, I mean, you're talking about centerpieces. Yesterday I was on a podcast. We're talking about the Pirates and O'Neill Cruz and kind of how he's a centerpiece of what that organization can be going forward. I mean, these are two guys who could change the trajectory of where Baltimore is headed, but you need other pieces. I mean, if you think just two good players is enough, I mean, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani say hi out in Anaheim, right? I mean, you need to build a team around them. So I'm really flummoxed as to what they're doing. I can only think that at the ownership level, they're saying, hey, we can't spend right now because there's no reason why Mike Elias, who came from Houston, wouldn't say, hey, let's spend some money. We're going to spend some money and then go out there and not spend it. It's got to be kind of an ownership level edict. I can't see any other reason why you wouldn't want to capitalize on what was a lot of optimism last year. People were going to the games and they were excited. People are just looking for a reason to support this team. And they've done very little to say, hey, we are going to give you a team worth cheering about. Listen, I love everything about what you, you got some passion, girl. I love, I love this. And that's why we talk about, you should be part of MLB or part of a team and just run the show. We love that. So for me, my question leading to that would be, what do you love about baseball and what do you not love? Like, cause I can feel the passion. I can feel the heat. Like you're a Jersey girl, like just loving life. I, I can feel that. Like talk to me about what you love about baseball. Uh, I am from new England. So yeah, there's a lot of that. Close passion, enough. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, what I like, is the comp- I'm a very competitive person. You know, I, I 
you know, I swam at Michigan State. Um, I power lift. I'm just like a high. I've always been like wired to be that high level athlete. So for me, watching high level athletes, watching the best guys in the world compete. Um, and that's why I love the WBC so much. I mean, the Dominicans and, you know, the Venezuelan guys, you're going to have to rip the jersey off them for them to go home, it seems like. That's what I love the most. I love the atmosphere of baseball, these close games, the strategy, um, things like that. I mean, obviously what I don't like is what everyone doesn't like, like the rain delays. Those games are starting at 10 p.m. at Yankee Stadium with a doubleheader tomorrow, you know, things like that. Um, I think the game, the way the rules have kind of sped up the game is going to be good for it. I agree with what a lot of people have said, including Adam Jones, that they feel like eventually we may have to treat the ninth inning a little bit different. We may have to slow down the ninth inning because it's exciting. You know, if it's a 12 to nothing game, no. But if it's a two to one game, I don't want to speed up Craig Kimbrell, right? Like I don't want these guys to move faster. I want to savor every pitch. Um, and I think that's what makes the game so great is when you get to those close games, those pitcher duels. Now I was lucky enough to cover Max Scherzer when he was in DC. I mean, that's appointment viewing watching a guy who broke his nose and then yelled when we asked what was wrong with his face, go out there and just absolutely shove. You know, I think those are the moments you're like, is there any sport better than baseball? You know, those are the things that keep me coming back. And I've covered this sport, like I said, since 2008 with Tampa Bay. And people always ask me like, are you bored? Baseball seems boring. It's the same stuff. It's not, it's always different. There's a different guy. Um, there's always those one or two guys who have no business, who really had no business being in the big leagues that get in there and guess what? They're better than anyone thought. They, they turn, you know, this opportunity into a career. And that's what I enjoy watching. I mean, I'm a storyteller. I'm someone who likes to talk clearly. But when you, you look at the game, um, I think there are so many different, you know, games within the game. And Buck Showalter was great kind of explaining that, you know, the game within the game. There's so many other things going on that people aren't talking about. Um, and those are, those are kind of the things that I really love about the sport. So, Brittany, you mentioned, you know, jerseys and this and that. I don't know. You can see my, my <laughs> official Great Britain sweatshirt, I think, that they sent me. Oh, gosh. That's a yeah, – I mean, poor Great Britain. Poor Great Britain. <laughs> True. So, so we're going to do this later on. First of all, Santander from the Orioles has made a name for himself in the WBC. I'm sure you've been watching it, and he's always been a good player, but he might have elevated himself to the next level. But we're going to do this later. We're going to rank our favorite jerseys in the WBC. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Can you give me your three favorite uniforms from the WBC that you've seen? Well, Mexico, I think, is like undoubtedly yes. number one. I'm sorry, Great Britain has to be at the bottom. When they played each other, it was like the <laughs> best and the worst at once, and I couldn't focus on anything else. Um, I think the Dominican, just because there's like that aura um, uh, about the Dominican, and, and like I said, those guys are just playing at like a different level. You know, you look at Manny Machado, and I don't think I've ever seen him this locked in. I've covered him since he got drafted. Um, so I, I think that the Dominican team as well, but Mexico is the top jersey. And then I have to go to the USA. Otherwise, people are going to accuse me of like not liking our country. So I think I've got to throw them in there, the red, white, and blue. Um, it's been I feel cool like there to could be more, Trout. though. Yeah, I feel like there could be, be more. They could have done USA. a little more. They they, they've had the same more. jerseys for every WBC. Like, can we mix it up? Yeah, a but then bit? what do you want? Like, what's number two? You're knocking your number two. What, what do no, you No, I like Dominican. Yeah. No, she said Dominican. I mean, yeah, the three. Dominicans are good. And the Mexico like is Puerto the Rico, they have Puerto five. Rico has the lighthouse and the waves. Like, that's cool. Venezuela yeah, yeah. has their colors. Like, I get it, but like, it's time for something new for the USA. Sorry. This it, my it's favorite. funny, Brittany. Like he asked you your top five, but somehow we're getting his instead. <laughs> I mean, everyone but Great Britain has been fine, right? Great Britain, like somebody approved that. Somebody was like, that's the look. Who? Why? <laughs> well, what, Brit Brittany, I got, I, I got a quick question. I keep looking at his sweatshirt. 
Would you buy that sweatshirt? Take the T off. And oh, rock it. No, how about now? No. No. Okay. How about no, no. Without the T. But, but he can move the great letters Brit. around you real quick. Great Brit on there. Yeah. He, it could be Great Britney. Yeah, Would you wait. buy it that? Hold on. Wait, hold on. See? That's what I'm looking for. Yes. Or Great Brit. No, how about that? She goes by Brit sometimes. Oh, great that's not yeah. bad. Wait, that's not there we go. No, great. I know it's a it's a Y, right? But uh, it's the best I can. I like it. I like it. I mean, it's still terrible font, but I, you know, I, I could take it because it says Brit. <laughs> and and here, I want to finish with this. That's amazing. And ripped, by the way. Yes. Well, that's fine. I'm sure that'll happen uh, in in Great Britain's next exhibition game. But there there was a fan. You know, we posted some of this stuff, and people were loving it on social. And Brittany, there was a fan. And I'm trying to get more active now on Twitter. I was I was silenced for a little bit earlier on in my career that I shouldn't get into to shit with fans. But the, I'm, I'm usually pretty nice. And with one fan, he was like, no one cares. He's like, we're just worried about the game. No one cares about uniforms. And I was I just like nicely said, it's not true. If someone's putting that shit on and you're a player, like that affects you in terms of your confidence, in terms of what anyone thinks about you as a team. We talk about uniforms all the time. I'm, I'm saying like players talk about it. Fans are into it. So I, I nicely said, you're completely off on that one. Like the uniform matters. And sure, many of them can like, blend in where it's like oh that's fine i don't love it i don't hate it but and and that that one that one's fine in my opinion that's not yeah. bad i i, I think I it's the it's the grades like the grades needed to be immediately burned after game one's loss to the usa they could have just blamed it on the loss which they didn't even actually play that bad but i would have immediately burned it i would have done the chris sale thing cut the damn <laughs> uniform up and say we're not playing in this shit this tournament's making millions of dollars this isn't right somebody like you said approved this and I actually think within the next few days, they'll, we've talked about this, there'll be an article in The Athletic, probably Steven Nesbitt, because he put his bat signal up on Twitter and said, I'm on it. Yeah, I mean, listen, the uniforms matter. Was it Vance Worley who looked like he had like misbuttoned it, right, on Great Britain? And you're like, this is just not a good look. You want something crisp. And the players care. You guys know. The players care about shoes. They care about the uniforms. If people didn't care, MLB wouldn't sell all those alternate jerseys, right? Like the, what is it called now? Uh, what's that series called where they all have the different jerseys, different teams every year? Um, oh, City Connect? City Connect. Yes, yes. Sorry, you were really cut uniforms, off by Ty Frazier's massive, uh, ma massive malaria or whatever he's got going <laughs> But no, you're right. City Connects, yeah. And, and they're... They're very love hate too, right? Some yeah. people, some some of the ones that come out, like the White Sox one, I think is awesome. We talked about that, but yeah, you're right. No, it's a it's a huge selling point, but even for the pride of the players too, you know, like we've heard it from players where they're like, yeah, this uniform is shit. I never, yeah, like exactly. All I think about is Buck. One year they did like a 1980s theme or whatever in Tampa Bay, and the uniforms were so bad. You know, they always make the other team wear it too. The Buck one, he's like, I'm not leaving the dugout tonight. I mean, as you know, he always wears that pullover, so you never see him in the full uniform. Uh, but we didn't see him the whole game. He's like, I'm not coming out of the dugout in this shit. So, yeah, they all care. <laughs> <laughs> what did Dion say? Look good, play good, feel, look good, feel good, play good? Yeah, I mean, that's for any – imagine going to a job interview and your shirts – like your shirt uh, letters yeah. are falling off. But can you – no, but like – how many websites, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. handles, or TikTok, you, you know, uni this, uni yeah. that? Oh, yeah. I mean, they rank the college football unis every week. They rank the NFL helmets. They rank the baseball city connects. Like, uniforms matter all the way down to, like, Little League. Yes. Like, you Little League kids, you'll see, Brittany, when your kids get to an age, you're going to be like, Mom, we want, like, the coolest uniforms when we take the field because it makes us, like, 
we're going to play better. You're not, but it makes you feel like you will. Exactly. I mean, it's just like shoes. I mean, as you guys know, nobody gets more into shoes than professional athletes. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Brittany, this was awesome. Thanks for the extended time. You took over Brett Phillips' time because I, I guess he doesn't have a phone or a computer in his home, so we're about to make fun of him for that. But but thank you. I, I, I appreciate the time, and also this was a really great conversation with you, for real. And you can check out um, all of Brittany's articles in The Athletic and would love to have you on again sometime when you've got an, another spicy article out there. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm no Brett Phillips, but hopefully I filled it up. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Took over. Yeah. Much yes. better, Kratzy says. Thank nice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Good stuff. Uh, no, that was fascinating for me, especially on, I mean, she's really tied into the Baltimore and NBC sports area. Well, she too. covered the Orioles for, I don't know how many years. Yeah, she Every time the we Orioles went for to Camden time. Yards, she yes. was always there like this saying after the game, like she was there, there present, wrote good articles like she was she was good and i like her insight too about like the whole massin how about strasburg at the strasburg he's never pitching again Ooh. and worst contract worst contract in history yeah I love I love hey that's a take that's a that's, take right so, there that's, that's, someone's got to have that that title who is it right now worst worst contract is there anyone else on the top of your head guys worst Ellsbury? contract jacoby ellsbury's last deal what was that 155 still way less than strasburg's he didn't deal play though. his last Three years, though, right? But something. he played for some of it. Yeah. Hey, hasn't played well. for He's an all star. He was an all star the first year. I'm I'm having a tough time concentrating because now all I can think of is that Great Britain jersey up on AJ's wall. <laughs> like who's framing one of their Great Britain jersey when they when they go home? Like is Darn? I got to text Darnell Sweeney. Darnell Sweeney and I played together. I know shocker, but. We gotta. I'm gonna text him to see if he's keeping that jersey or if they made him give him back. Well, you turn it around so you only see the back of it, right? So you see the number. No. You know, because you can't do the Great Brit. Well, it's spelled wrong, obviously. I'm not sure, but <laughs> you can't you can't turn it around, right, and make it say. Then it's just a gray jersey sitting on a wall. There's nothing behind the, the number. Well, yeah, you might get a live text 1915 here. jersey. That's what it would look like. Yeah, but it's like a road Yankees jersey, right? They just have the numbers on the back, like Jeter. Well, Jeter was here, but oh, Jeter behind me. Well, they he got just some, got a two. They got some of that midnight blue sleeve, white, a little bit, man. I mean, they could have put, they could have done. Um, I hate, you know, as you said, we're beating up on the Orioles, but they deserve it a little bit. And also, uh, you know, we're beating up on Great Britain, but they also deserve it. Whoever approved it, so MLB should take some of the credit. I mean, they're they're coming away with their pockets full from this WBC cash. I mean, drop some to Great Britain one time. They fund, they help fund Team USA some, like. Let's go. Like, I would love to see the text thread with like the MLB officials being like, they're probably joking about it too. Like, yo, who dropped the ball on this? No, shit? you know what they're saying? Haha, we're making millions off this I Great know. Britain jersey. Right. Well, because they're getting attention for it. I mean, hey, it's bringing a lot of attention to a team that's played pretty well for the most part. Let me get a question in here um, from the crowd. Pretty active in the YouTube chat today. Um, is the field, this from Ed, is the fielder back to the stolen base conversation? Is the fielder two inches closer to the person who threw the ball? Will that not play into things too? Like second is two inches bigger, so the fielder is two inches closer to home to receive the throw. No? Yeah, but I don't. I, I just don't. I know Brittany is all over this. I just don't think four and a half inches is going to make that big of a difference in stolen bases. See, I do. I think it's going to be huge. especially really? for, How many times do you see that replay where the hand – just misses bang bang play and you got that extra i think it's 
and you got those gloves that they wear that gives you an extra two or three inches, I think it's going to be huge. Eric, you can shake your head all you want, but you, you can't throw the guy out anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's the one thing I could do. <laughs> you got to you gotta point at the other guy that can't throw anybody out. I couldn't hit. Well, I I loved I loved everything about your game. I'll give you that. You were you were a good dude. But the four and a half inches is <laughs> What does huge. that have to do with throwing anybody out? <laughs> Listen, it's huge in all aspects of life, okay? Especially in stolen bases. <laughs> oh, you're a nice guy, Eric. He's out. You threw him out because you're a nice guy. Thanks, right. Thanks CB. Thanks, Angel. Yeah. Oh. No, I think I think the talking I think, about Angel. I think the the, the engagements from the rug the rubber. Like yeah, I think the engagements from the rubber. I, I think uh, like guys, guys who steal bases. When you have guys like Dave Dave McKay as a first base coach back in the day, Davey Lopes. I mean, I don't think he's been in the game for a few years now. But first base coaches, Rusty Coots over at Kansas City, they make people steal bases like by the things that they do. Four inches is not why you're going to make it to the base. It's because hey, you know what, this guy really can't bless you scotty i'm getting fraser's disease virtually <laughs> i was gonna say we got malaria everywhere now <laughs> whatever <laughs> oh, <laughs> yo every every 10 minutes we do a quick commercial break it's 10 seconds everyone gets their coughs and sneezes out and then we whatever. keep going <laughs> it's gonna be like this for the next couple episodes takes a while to get rid of just kind of uh. You're going to have to deal with these guys talking shit for the next few years, hopefully. (laughs) Eric, all I know is I'm cutting you off now. Four and a half inches is huge, bro. Billy Hamilton used to get a bang, bang (laughs) play at second base or third place, and he was out. And you give him him an inch or two. I'm telling you, man. Todd, Todd, here we go. Here we go. Let's go go live. While While you're thinking about it. Four and a half inches is not that much, Todd, just, just so you know. <laughs> All right, we need a new topic. <laughs> listen, listen. Please, we need a new topic. This is going to be a clip <laughs> off the TikTok. I know, yeah. I'm not talking. I'm talk- oh, you're kidding me. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I can't. You're Stop. Make Bring us in. Oh, no. Listen. All right. <laughs> I'm going to cut you. I got fans are buzzing right now in the chat, and then we'll go to we'll go Scotty. to the Reddit segment. Yes. Scotty, let's put a poll up about is four and a half oh God, <laughs> about stolen bases only, though. Stolen bases. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm putting that poll up today. Me and Jesse are doing it. Is four and a half inches enough? Plenty enough more, is, more, is better four and a half inches bases. enough. I'm telling you. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to ra- I'm gonna try to rate it in. How many extra bases, Todd, do you think guys are gonna be whatever you think the reason is? How many do you think Jorge Mateo stole however many bases last year and he led the league? How many extra is he gonna steal this year? 45 or 50. So five extra bases? No, 45 or 50 more. He's going to be up there, bro. Whoa. 80s and 90s. You just what? 90 bases? 90 <laughs> bases. I'm, oh, calling. I'm telling you. I'm with, Brittany. I'm with Brittany on this one. I'm calling it. I'm telling you. Todd, okay, I have it. I have it. He got 35 last year. He's so going to have me. He's gonna have 70 to 80 stolen bases. Oh, Todd. He's going to double it. He's, he can't steal first. <laughs> We need to get the next. We need to get one of the analytics 
fantasy people. Sorry, we're crying. Now we're like the, <laughs> now we're like the Canada starter from, from two days ago going up against oh. Trout and the boys at 19 <laughs> in A-ball. I can't keep my freaking tears away. Um, we're going to need to bring on somebody like Fantasy Analytics Projections. I'm in between with you guys. I don't think it's going to be a yeah. few stolen bases. I don't think it's going to be double. I do think there's going to be a lot more, and that's what the league has been trying to I'm put together. It. I'm all for it, too. I'm all, who doesn't like a stolen base? As, I didn't when I was catching. Okay. You, as a retired it's a, catcher, it's a bad show for that question. Want, Good call. No, Scott, but, you're but right. But for fans, man. come on. I mean, that's good action, Frage. That's one of the things that fans want way more of that we lost. And when when kids are playing video games, they love doing stolen bases. And then in the game, like, it, it was disappearing. So this is good for the game. I don't know if it's going to double, but I'm with you. It's definitely going to increase a lot. And as the season goes on, I think guys are probably going to get smarter about it and, and find even more ways to steal bags. Hey, Todd loves those four and a half inches. <laughs> for sure. And I think I think what it adds, what it what it really adds to baseball, whether or not, I mean, like, Mateo, the projections right now that I'm looking up, they have Mateo at 24 stolen bases. I think they think he was lucky getting on, you know, 35 stolen bases. But I think it adds to baseball the anticipation like now you know how many times yes the the timer the the pitch clocks up but they're going to be sitting there like okay we're going to be talking about the stolen base about more guys because there's going to be an opportunity I don't think it's going to be that much but you know you might even go back to like the split screen the different camera angle and that is what to me baseball if they want to draw in the people who are on their phones, one, you gotta stream the games. Two, you gotta you gotta change stuff around. You gotta change like different ca- we talked about this yesterday, but different camera angles. Show me something different. You know, let me let me see what 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 else is going on so that okay, there's not downtime in between each pitch. I miss that a ton. You're right, Kratzy. You remember? Certain guys get on, here comes the cam at first base, and we're That's watching pretty, him. Yeah. yeah. And it basically disappeared because it would be a waste. It's like what we we want to just see him. Also, we want to just see him fixing his belt. And- let's uh, also not forget Moneyball and stolen bases were a waste. Remember because analytics, you don't want to take the chance when a guy could hit a home run. There you had these big guys, but now it's going to bring speed back into it. And- I love it. Well, plus, I mean, Kratzy knows it as well as anyone. Rusty Coons is one of the best in the biz of all time at first base, telling the guy when to go. And th- those Royals teams were great. I mean, they were one of the teams that was kind of zigging while everyone was zagging, saying, hey, we're still going to run. We're going to play some small ball. And Coons was great over there. But, but you know, Kratzy, they had a timer. They, just, they know what the guy is from the mound to home, and they know what the speed is of the guy on first. And it was just simple math, and they were like, yeah, often they'd say, yeah, not worth it. Not worth giving him a full-on green light to definitely go for it. And now it's going to change by a few you know, decimal points or a few uh, percentage points, whatever. I can't talk right now. I'm, I'm losing it. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, the <laughs> yeah. Nats going to play more in the favor of the base runner, and they're going to go, okay, now you can run. Hey, we ran into some technical difficulties at the end. It's all good. We got everything we wanted to in there, and we appreciate you if you're still with us. Of course, the OG FT Live fam will never forget. But we can't wait to have you back on for Thursday's show, stacked with guests, including Max Scherzer on all of the rule changes going on and how he plans to take advantage of them. We'll see you then.